We've been in this uh, series, Dive, and we've been looking at diving faith first in, in our lives, experiencing faith firsthand, not secondhand, not something we read about, but firsthand, which means that you have to get off the dock. As we talked last week, you've got to get out of the wading pool and uh, you've got to hit the deep waters in, in your life. Last week, I challenged you to uh, get out not only in the deep waters, you know, where you splash around a little bit, but that you keep advancing and going deeper and deeper and deeper in your walk with Christ. And we talked about the fact that you don't just uh, develop deep water faith overnight. It doesn't just happen. You don't wake up one morning and go, wow, check this out. You know, I've got big time deep water ability. The, the fact is deep water faith is developed over time. It's a process in, in life. It requires commitment. I, I think it requires discipline in our lives. And most of all, it needs a plan. You've got to have a plan. Any good diver, notice I said good diver, any good diver, if they're going to have a great dive, knows that you need to plan. You've got a plan. When you're going to go scuba diving, you need a plan. In other words, there's a lot of prep that goes in ahead of time to avoid problems. Uh, it'll keep you from being injured. Uh, you can, uh, if you get a good sense of the environment, uh, the bottom composition, uh, the unique features that are on a particular dive, you, you'll have a good dive. I remember uh, several years ago going on a dive and the, one, of the, one of the features was coral and, of course, the wild, wildlife that's underwater. But there was also a, a point where you could swim through a kind of a coral cave, and it went down a little bit deeper into the water. And when you came out on the other side, there was a Spanish galleon from the 1700s that was down there. So we were down there swimming around, checking this out. Well, one of the guys that was in the group, him and his buddy, they finally, we're all talking about the Spanish galleon, and they go, what are you guys talking about? And we're like, didn't you see the boat? And they're like, no. And, and honestly, they were about 30 feet away, maybe 20 feet down. They missed the whole thing. They missed one of the great features. If you planned a dive, if they had planned, they wouldn't have missed it. They wouldn't have missed it. You see, understanding your environment that you're in is important. For instance, if uh, water temperatures are like in the mid-80s, for me, is a good, good temperature, and that's pretty comfortable. But if you don't prepare ahead of time, and let's say you find out that really the water temperatures in the mid-70s or low-70s, well, all of a sudden you know, hey, I need a wetsuit. And I have been on dives where people have went down and within five minutes, they surface and get back on the boat because it's just too cold. Their body was cooling down, and they couldn't finish the dive. You know, I've been on dives where there are rough underwater uh, currents. Uh, they call them underground rivers. And it requires a strong swimmer. And uh, I've been on dives that have required that, and people had to bail out and not go on the dive. And... You know, what you wanted to do was turn to him and say, you know, you shouldn't have come on this trip. You should have come on a different trip that was taking different types of dives. I mean, because basically you have to sit on the boat and watch everybody else have fun, you know. Been on dives where people uh, 
weren't able to dive because they didn't have the equipment that they needed. And in fact, uh, a diver knows there's three times you check your equipment. There are three different kinds of checks. The first check you always do when you're packing your equipment. You're at home, you pack it, you, you check to make sure it's working, for one. And then you also do a checklist as you're putting it in the bag so that you don't forget anything. You do a second check when you get to the boat and after you've loaded everything. You know why that is? Because people leave stuff laying on the dock, they leave it in their car, you know, and then you get out to sea and you don't have what you need. And then the, the last gear check is when you've got everything on. You're all geared up, you're right before you're to go into the water, and you go through a check with a partner. And you go, weight belt, check, air on, check, you know, regulator working, check, BCD inflated, check. You go through all of that stuff. And I can't tell you the number of times I've been on a dive and people either were unable to dive with us because they didn't have what they needed, or I love it when they jump in the water and they apparently weren't paying attention as they're doing the dive check and they didn't have the equipment on that they needed and so they had to wait till everybody else had jumped in so that they could reboard the boat and, and finish gearing up. And basically they waste about half, half their trip. So... You know, just spend all that time getting back on board and finish, finish gearing up and getting ready to, to go. And the same's true, I think, when it comes to the Christian walk. I think you need a plan. I think you need to keep yourself in shape. I think that there is some equipment that is absolutely necessary if you're going to hit the deep waters. First Timothy 4, 7, and 8 says... Spend your time and energy in the ex- exercise of keeping spiritually fit. Bodily exercise is all right. But spiritual exercise is much more important. It's a tonic for all you do. So exercise yourself spiritually and practice being a better Christian because that will help you not only in this life, but in the next. You see, we need to regularly do an equipment check in our Christian walk. And I believe there are things you can do to stay fit. I think there's equipment that you need if you're going to hit the deep waters. And the first piece of equipment that you need is an air tank, much like this. You know, it's, it's a lifeline. It's how I breathe when I'm underwater. Uh, without it, you're dead in the water, literally. You get down, you don't have air, you're in trouble. And the same's true in your Christian walk without God. You know, I, I believe that God gives us the air we need for our faith. You know, people always seem surprised. They're splashing around in the shallows of, of life, and they find themselves in some deep water, and they run out of faith. And, and most of the time, if you were to ask a few questions, which I've been known to do, what you find is it's kind of hit and miss when it comes to their relationship with God. No, no air supply. You know, the spiritually, the tanks are low. If we were honest, maybe even empty. And when I dig a little bit more, I find sometimes they've been empty for a while. You know, just, they missed it. They just missed it. I mean... 
if you have deep water faith, I want to suggest that you absolutely have to daily be connecting with God. And I know that if you connect with God on a daily basis, what happens is that tank stays full. It stays full. I mean, how? I mean, how do we keep our tanks full spiritually? I I think you connect with God, and as you're connecting with God, it's what keeps those tanks full in in your life. You know, Isaiah 40, and we just sang this a little bit ago. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. The fact that you're here today tells me that you're taking a step in the right direction of connecting with God. I mean, one of the main ways that we connect with God that I think we keep our spiritual tank full is a thing called worship. You know, worship, as you go through life, as you go through this past week, you get run down, right? Anybody tired today? You know, I mean, it's true. We, we have times we get run down. We get emotionally drained. We get mentally and spiritually just tanked out. All the activities. And it's easy. It's easy for your spiritual tank to get low. It is. It's just really easy. One of the, one of the Ten Commandments is, God said, six days you work, and on the seventh day you what? Rest and worship. Why worship? Because God knows that when you worship, see, when I'm worshiping, I'm focusing on God. And when I focus on God, it fills the tank. It begins to restore. It begins to renew. It begins to invigorate, energize. It makes all the difference in the world. I've said throughout this series that focus is absolutely critical if you're going to have a thing called faith. If you're going to watch your faith grow. Psalms 25:12 says you will show the right path to to who all who worship you I'd like to have the right path I mean what a stack of blessings you have piled up for those who worship you there's a theme and we could put a lot of scripture up there that that would back back that up you know when you focus On God, it makes a difference. When you focus on yourself, you're going to worry. But when you focus on God, you find you can worship. And there are two kinds of worships. One we're doing here today. It's corporate worship. It's where we get together and as a group, we focus on God. And then there's private worship. It's just you and God spending a little bit of time together. It's times of of prayer, times of reading God's word, and we're going to talk about that in detail in a few minutes. But, you know, it might be listening to a Christian CD, uh, singing with a Christian CD. You don't want to hear me sing, but I love to sing to music. I do. It will renew your soul. You know, just spend a little bit of time reflecting, you know. And God honors that as he fills our tank. There's another, another piece of equipment here, and uh, I'm just going to slip this on. You see, we've got, we got our tank, and uh, we're all tanked up here and ready, ready for a good dive, maybe. <laughs> all right, I can't get to the belt there. 
somehow. There we go. Somebody needs to lose some weight. <laughs> There's another piece of equipment, and uh, it's your regulator. You know, and we talked a little bit about this last week in the in the video. But this regulator is what allows me to breathe from the tank. You know, it's tethered to the tank. It's critical equipment in a deep water dive. I can breathe. You know, I believe that it's critical to have a regulator in your Christian walk. You know, you need to develop this deep water equipment with a thing called prayer. See, prayer is what tethers us to the air tank, to the spiritual tank. You know, Philippians, Paul, Paul writes, he says, Don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer, present your request to God And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. You know, prayer prayer is an absolute critical piece of equipment that we need in our life. It's what allows us to access our faith tank. It's what allows us to to breathe, to exercise our, our faith. The reality is that we need to spend quality time with God. Because as we're talking to God and listening to God... And spending time with God, what happens is that in those moments, if you're spending it on a regular daily basis in your life, that God fills the tank up. God does. But it has to be regular. And we've talked about prayer in detail when we did our uh, iPhone series. And we said prayer is not just, get this, it's not just a request line. It's not. The fact is... You need a good pattern for prayer. And we talked about ACTS, Acts. It's a good, I learned that when I was really young. You start with adoration. You praise God. You pause for a moment and realize who God is in your prayers. And then C, confession. You know, this is where you come clean with God. And I always tell people, people go, I don't know, man, that's kind of uncomfortable. It's like God already knows all your junk. You know, you're not, not like you have to broadcast it to the world. Just, okay, God, here, here's what's going on. You know, I failed here. I, I took the easy road. You know, I lost my temper. I'm battling with whatever. You know, say it, own it, and just present it to God. And then Thanksgiving, that's just uh, the things you're thankful for. You know, and no matter how bad life gets, there's always something to be thankful for. And then it's a strange word, supplication, but that is make your requests known. Say them. Throw them out there. You know, regular times of prayer, I believe, pay in high, high dividends. They, it gives us the air we need to access faith. It does. And when you make prayer part of your daily life, what you find is your relationship with God grows. God begins to guide your life, gives you wisdom, gives you strength, and you also find you change over time. And I know as I'm saying that, some of you are going, well, well, this never happens for me. you know. And I'm going to cut to the chase because I've listened for so long and people make that comment. 
And we're not complaining that we lack strength. That isn't the complaint. We're not complaining because we lack wisdom. You know, we're not complaining because our relationship with God really isn't improving. What we're saying, and let's just, let's just own it when, if that's what we've been saying, that God doesn't listen. What we're saying is God isn't answering my requests. Right? I mean, that is usually where it all boils down. And first and foremost, prayer, there is more to prayer than asking and getting. All right? I want to be clear on that. But let's start where, where you are and you're saying, well, you know, God doesn't answer my prayers. And, and so we unpack it. Scripture, scripture says, seems to indicate that to, we can make our requests known to God. James 1.5 says, if any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God. Jesus said, Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. You know, and so here's what I'm going to assume. I'm going to assume that we're making a reasonable request. All right. We're not talking about, God, I want to win the lottery with this lottery ticket I, I just bought. All right. Or worse yet. And I've heard, I've heard people kind of cringe sometimes, you know, like, God, I hope my ex drops dead or my boss drops dead because I can't stand them. It's true. <laughs> I'm talking about reasonable requests. They may be big, okay? Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying you've got to keep them small. They may be big, but they're God-honoring requests. And I know as I'm saying this again, you're going, God doesn't answer my prayers. And so let's dig a little bit deeper. I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes we think about praying. Sometimes we decide we're going to pray. In fact, we even tell people we're praying. And we almost did. But if the truth were known, we never got around to it. We never actually physically said the words and lifted the prayer. And friends, I could, I could not begin to count the number of times when people say, well, God's just not listening to me. He's not answering my prayers. And then I'll quiz them a little bit. I'll go, well, have you been praying routinely about this over a period of time regularly? Have you been fervent in, in your prayer life? And they'll go, well, um, uh, friends, God isn't listening because you're not saying anything. You know I mean, why pray when you can worry? Why pray when you can work yourself into a frenzy? You know, kill yourself or whatever the issue is. I'll pray sometimes is more of a cliche, I think, than it is an actual course of action in our lives. You know, over 20 times in the New Testament it says, pray and ask, pray and ask, pray and ask. You know, that God, God is listening. James 4, 2 says, you do not have... Why? Because you do not ask. And you're going, duh, that's simple. But we make it so complicated sometimes. If you commit to praying on a daily basis, a regular basis, and I'm not talking, you know, you got to pray for a half hour. I'm just saying on a regular basis, spending a few minutes with God, what you find is you connect with God, life becomes easier because you become stronger, your faith begins to flourish, 
Because you're breathing, taking in the oxygen. Another piece of equipment. You notice the vest here? The um, fact is, I can uh, take and air this up, let the air air out of it. And uh, this vest is connected to the regulator, which is connected to the tank. In other words, they all work together. If one piece stops working, you're in trouble because they all need each other. You know, and the BC's primary function is to, to stabilize you. You know, it, it helps you maintain control in, in the water. You know, if, uh, again, I want to take an air, air up, I would rise in the water or I could float in the water. And then if I let it out, I could start going down. And what you try and do is to get it just right amount of air so that you maintain a level dive. You don't have to work so hard. In your spiritual life, I think the BCD in our life is God's Word. Spending time in God's Word. Spending time in in the Bible. It it helps you stop looking at things from a selfish perspective. I think it helps us see, see things from God's perspective. And it helps us to maintain stability in our Christian walk. You know, John 8, 31, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are really my disciples. Now, the flip side, the unspoken is, if you don't, you're not. You know, John, John 8, 32, he says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. It'll set you free. When, when it comes to the Bible, you ought to be doing three things with the Bible. You ought to be praying, and reading it, studying it, and memorizing it. You know, to just begin to spend time in it. When you do that, what you find is your faith soars. You see more clearly. You find wisdom. You find strength. You find that you have a strong foundation in life. Because it reminds you that God's bigger than your problems. That God's more capable than you are. And God wants the very best for you in your life. And it gives us stability as we walk through life. Have you figured out life's tough sometimes? It gets a little crazy. And I know as I'm talking, again, uh, I just know human nature. Some of you are going, well, that's why I'm at church today. It's a triple crown event. You know, one-stop shop. You're able to worship and pray and study God's word all at once. I'm ready for the deep waters. I'm good for the week. And if that's what you're thinking right now, I could tell you something about your life. I could tell you that your air supply runs low. Your spiritual air supply just runs low sometimes, maybe even empty at times. And I'll bet you stay in the shallows in your life. And I bet that you find you hit times when your faith wanes and that you're very unstable in what you're doing. And when you get in the deep water, and it's probably by accident, it's probably a crisis or something that takes you into the deep waters, you're scared to death. When you spend time in God's Word on a daily, regular basis, when you spend time worshiping God and praying, and studying, and filling your mind and your heart with God's Word, 
what you find is it keeps you stable. It keeps you growing. It's food for the soul. Some people say that's the first soul food, you know, because it nourishes us. Some of you today feel very unstable in your walk because, to be honest, you're weak. You're weak, you know. You just don't have what's needed. You don't have that nourishment. You know, all all the crazy uh, different diets that are out now, I've got an idea for one. You ready? Get a pen out. You might want to go fast for six days straight and then pig out on the seventh. Fast for six days, pig out on the seventh and just keep doing it. How successful do you think that would be? Is that a good diet? Anybody that's a nutritionist is about to have a heart attack right now. They're going, you got to be kidding me. I mean, friends, I'll be honest with you. I probably wouldn't last long on that diet. You know, I might fit better into this, but I wouldn't last long. You know. And if I did stick it out, I'd probably have all kinds of health problems or, or worse. When you go through the week without worshiping God, without praying, without spending time in God's word, and you think you're going to tank up on Sunday morning, that's a poor spiritual diet. To be spiritually fit, you've got to have balance. You need a daily supply. You need that to maintain stability. I would challenge you, establish a time and a place and get a plan and start putting it into order. I'd encourage you to spend time in God's Word. You know, read Christian books on on different topics. Uh, Get a devotional. You know, it's a good little book that'll that'll help you. It takes a few minutes to read, but it's focused reading. It'll focus you on a scripture or a topic, uh, raise questions for you, maybe even give you a prayer suggestion for the day. Now, this is a BCD. I told you that. Bible, Christian books, devotions. See? B, C, D. Get it? We need that in our lives. Here's another piece, and that's a uh, weight belt. As a diver, a weight belt kind of assists in stability. And uh, you put the weight belt on. I usually put about 12 pounds on on a weight belt. That kind of counters the buoyancy in, in my body. And what it allows is the dive to be smoother, Well, in the Christian life, we all need some extra assistance. We need help navigating the deep waters. You know, in your spiritual life, I want to suggest the weight belt is a thing called fellowship. You know, it's fellowship with one another. You cannot live the Christian life that God designed you for. You will never survive the deep, deep waters if you don't connect with other people. You will not be spiritually fit without some Christian friends. If you're going to develop as a Christian, if you're going to mature, if you're going to grow, you need the love and support and encouragement of other Christians in your lives. Hebrews 10.25 says, Do not neglect meeting together as is the habit of some, but let us encourage one another. One of the cardinal rules of scuba diving Never dive alone. Always dive with a buddy. 
In fact, many would say, dive alone, die alone. And many, many divers have died because they didn't have someone with them. And the same is true in your Christian walk. You need each other. You need the person that, that you connect with in the church. You need Christian friends. The Bible says that we need each other. Galatians 6, 2, Paul says, bear one another's burdens. You know, I talk to people too often, and they'll say things to me like, well, you know, I don't, I don't really need to go to church to have a relationship with God. And you know what? I say the same thing every time I hear it. You're right. You can worship God on your own. You can have a relationship with God. But you cannot fellowship by yourself. And here's what I've also found. If I probe with them a little bit, what I find is that rarely, if ever, do they worship God. And most of the time, they don't have much of a relationship with God. And it doesn't really surprise me because when you try to go solo, when you try to skip the fellowship thing, what you find is that your enthusiasm lacks, that your commitment wanes, that you get weary and you get unstable, and ultimately you just bail out on the whole thing. Now there's another piece of equipment. It's called a mask. Mask uh, determines whether or not... uh, on a dive, uh, what kind of vision I've got? You guys look really terrific. A bad mask results in a bad dive. If it doesn't fit well, it causes all kinds of problems. If it fogs up and you can't see, you miss stuff underwater. And I've seen people's entire dives ruined because of mask issues. Last time I went diving, there was a guy from Germany. Think about this. He'd come halfway around the world to dive in the Florida Keys. He spent his entire dives that day messing with his mask. I watched him. He'd swim a couple strokes. His mask would fog up. And he was having issues with its sealing. And he would stop, he would clear, he would take a couple more strokes. He'd stop, he'd clear, he'd take a couple more strokes. He'd stop, he'd clear. You get the idea, right? All day long, he did that. And to be honest with you, being able to see is the whole reason you're underwater in the first place. So you can see stuff. Vision is imperative when it comes to having a deep water faith in your life. Deep water faith is not developed, get this, by looking at yourself. And that's what a lot of Christians do. If you're going to develop deep water faith, I want to suggest that you've got to look out and you've most of all got to look up. You've got to look up to God. We've said that throughout this series. Faith focuses on God. Faith deepens when we focus on God. And when we face situations in our life, and I've faced many and you have, I know I'm not able. I know that. But when you focus on God, it reminds you that God is able in those times. It makes all the difference in the world. I have talked a lot about this focusing on God because it's so important. And I I think most of us would agree. We'd go, well, yeah, focus on God. It's a good thing. Makes sense. You know, 
But once God's got your attention, once you're focusing on him, God wants to expand your vision. Because God knows if he can expand your vision, that your faith will grow. And for some of you, this is where the mask gets foggy. Because God says, you gotta, you got to take and get on the right mask, the right vision. So as you put on your fins and you're swimming around in the deep waters and you're exercising your faith, God also wants you to see opportunities to serve, to make a difference in, in this world, those opportunities to, to reach out to, to other people. Now, turn to your neighbor. We've, we've said this before. But turn to them and say, it's not about me. All right, now you can do the fun one. Turn to them and say, and it's not about you. (laughs) The heart of the Christian life is other-oriented. It's helping others. It's encouraging others. It's loving others. It's forgiving others. It's being there for others. You know, Jesus said, I didn't, didn't come to be served. I came to serve. He said, I didn't come to, to be ministered to. I came to minister. And God has given every single person here, God has blessed you with talents. God has given you talents so that you can bless others. I mean, not only to bless you or bless your family, but to bless others, to impact this world, as we talk around here, to mark eternity. You know, Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. In other words, be enthusiastic about whatever it is that you do in life, but do it like you're doing it for Jesus Christ. See, it changes your whole perspective in life. And there are three things you need to remember around faith fellowship. One, every Christian, every Christian is a minister. You're a minister. You're not a pastor, but you're a minister. Every person is a minister. Second thing is, everyone here has spiritual gifts. You have talents, you have abilities, you have gifts that God has given you so that you can help other people, so that you can make a difference in in this world Paul wrote in Romans 12, he says, we all have different gifts according to the grace given to us. Use them in proportion to your faith. Catch that? Did you catch it? The connection? There's a connection between how I use my gifts and my talents and faith. They're linked. I mean, how are you using your gifts? And the third thing that you need to remember is that you need a specific place that you serve, that you give of yourself. You know, all of us, all of us have talents. We have developed skills in our life. And as we use those to make a difference in other people's lives, your faith grows. Faith increases. I've said this before. If, if, if all you do is eat, 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 you would never develop muscles if you didn't get out and work out. And it's the same spiritually. You can go to study after study, service after service. You can get bigger and bigger and bigger until we've got to roll you down the aisle. That's where Holy Roller comes from. You know. 
And God says, you know what? You've got to expand your vision. You've got to expand your vision, find a place to serve, and there's one more area that God wants you to expand your vision, and that is opportunities to witness. You know, two of the main reasons that the church exists is to help Christians grow so that we can reach people that are not in a relationship with God. Why do we grow as Christians? So we're more able to reach people that don't have a relationship with God. Those are the two things. And when you share your faith, your faith, your faith begins to soar because of that. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have but do it with gentleness and respect. We have made sharing our faith so difficult. You know, I know just you hearing, witnessing, and sharing your faith, you get these bad pictures. We get the picture of the person standing on the street corner yelling at people, you know, turn or burn, turn or burn, you know. Or get a giant Bible and we're going to beat people up with it and scream at them, you know, and, and try and say, you know, God's word says this. It's like an interview from All-Star Wrestling or something. You know, that's how we're treating people. That isn't witnessing. Witnessing is simply sharing your story. You know, when, when you go to court and, and you're a witness, what, do you, what is your job that day at court? I mean, is your job to convince the jury? Is your job to convince the prosecution or the defense? Is your job to solve the case? No, it's simply to tell what you know. You know, it's to say, I saw the green car run the red light and hit the yellow car, you know, or whatever. It's just to tell what you know. Witnessing as a Christian, it's the same thing. This is what happened to me when I became a Christian. This is what God did. I don't understand it all. I don't know all the doctrine. I don't know all the scripture passages, but I know this is what happened. When I decided to make Jesus Christ number one in my life, this is what happened. It's an important spiritual exercise. It brings tremendous joy. And friends, it is the greatest thing you can ever do for someone. It's the only thing that's going to matter in eternity is helping other people come to know Jesus Christ. You know, I, I challenge you to start sharing your faith. You know, just sit down and make a, a list of, you know, two or three, four friends that don't know, that don't have that relationship, aren't actively pursuing it, and to say, you know what? God, use me somehow. You know, you don't have to be pushy. Don't be obnoxious. That just takes things backwards. You don't have to plan it. You don't have to scheme. You just have to say, okay, God, these are people in my life, and I know that they need to know you. And what will happen is God will make those opportunities. If you just make yourself available, God will just open those opportunities for you to share. And you just say what you know. And when you see a friend step across the faith line, there isn't anything like it because it brings so much joy. And it's, what happens is it strengthens your faith and it takes you to a new level in, in your walk. I, again, because I know people, some of you are going, yeah, but my life is my witness. 
I don't have to tell people. They're just going to see it. Friends, that's egotistical. Because Jesus, Jesus even shared, and he was perfect. And, and yes, there are two types of witnesses, and we need both. One, one's by our lifestyle, our example, how we live, our attitudes, the stuff that people can see. And then the other is we need to be able to verbally share. In other words, you have to walk the walk and talk the talk. And when you share your faith, again, your faith grows. So my question throughout this whole series has been, so how's your faith? How's your faith? You know, Jesus said everything's possible for the one who believes. In other words, we've got to stretch ourselves. You know, Matthew, Jesus said, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. You know, God says you get to choose how much, how big. And Paul writes and says, without faith, it's impossible to please God, which means we have to be stretching ourselves regularly. If you want to hit the deep waters of faith, if you want to grow in your Christian walk, it means you've got to take risks, you've got to attempt doing things that you know you can't do on your own power, you've got to set goals that you know there is no way possible that you'll ever be able to accomplish it except with God's help. You've got to believe and expect miracles in your life, and you can't sit on the dock. You've got to get out of the shallows and hit the deep water. All right, now I need some help, and we're going to close here. I want you to say check when I raise my hand. All right, let's practice. All right. Worship. Prayer. God's word. Fellowship. Serving. Sharing your faith. And you know what God would say to you today? Dive. Get ready to dive. You're in for a time of your life if you just dive. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you. God, we thank you. God, I pray you would stretch our faith. God, that you would give us a strong faith that would see us through the storms, that would see us through the deep waters, that would allow us to face things that seem impossible. God, we're not able, but you are. God, I thank you for every opportunity you give us. God, forgive us the times we fail to take a step toward an opportunity. May we be sensitive to your spirit. God, we know you're able to do all things. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We give you the glory with all we say and do. Amen.